Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. So you're looking very nice today. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Look at you with hoops and a bun. Oh, my God. And it's almost like we both used hair products that were procured by Sam Valentine in some capacity. (laughs) (laughs) For anyone listening to this, Sam went to a beauty con and she got a bunch of products by Shea Moisture, which is for women of color or anybody that has coily type hair. So Sam obviously gave them to me and my edges be looking so good right now. I know you can't see this unless you're watching on YouTube, but they look laid as fuck. So thank you, Sam. And this is not an advertisement, but if they want to talk about it, we are open to that conversation. Yes, we are open. Shane Wester, just give us a call. Gabrielle Benlos and Sam Valentine, thank you so much. Hi, thank you for being here. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I'm your host, Sam Valentine, and these are our Working Actor Life Podcast, where myself and the co-owner of my community slash fellow actress, Gabrielle Bindloss, come and talk about our actor lives and what's going on. And we are in each other's world so often that it's just a great place for us to shoot the shit and talk about what's going on in the business and for ourselves. And we have another episode for you today. FYI, oh my God, it's 11.11 here. So this is a very good sign. For those of you not watching on YouTube, it's 11.11. We both have hoops on. We both have a slick bun on. Today is Friday, October 6th. And the negotiating committee is back in full-fledged form today. So to all of our strike captains, our negotiating committee, and all of the amazing people out there working for us right now, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully, maybe by the time this airs, we'll be out of the strike? I'm hoping for it. I mean, between all of that energy, the 11-11, and in the membership, we just did an actor workout where we sat there, we read our cards, we did some spiritual work, we put out our intentions. I mean, I'm getting the vibe that positivity is coming, change is coming, and we are going to be out of the strike very, very soon. Mm, mm. We tell people what the actor workout is because I think sometimes we talk about the membership in passing so much that we forget to actually hit on what we do in there. So by the time you guys are listening to this, probably the doors are closed, but you can check anyway. Tell us what the actor workout is real quick. Yeah. So the actor workout is more so a workout for your emotions and for your brain. And it's literally there to be able to help you connect back to your sense of self. I think a lot of times as actors, we get so lost, whether it's in a character or lost in the I'm trying to be an actor, but nothing is happening side that we forget about that stagnant and that in between. So work out. It should probably be changed after work in, to be honest, for branding purposes. (laughs) But we use movement to be able to connect. And so sometimes we are doing something that is sweaty and cardiovascular, but sometimes we're also doing things that's just like super stretchy and relaxing, giving our bodies grace. And for today's example, we did 30 minutes of pulling cards and chatting and then 30 minutes of stretching and intentional movement to help us release. But the goal is to take pent up energy and angst and anxiety and help to release it in some form. And that is what the after workout is all about. And I, for some reason, can just never make them live. So I save them for days that I need them. And I come back and do the recordings from our online library. And they're always so helpful. I can't wait to see what cards you pulled for people. Oh, I didn't record that portion. That was super private. Shit. Okay, fine. Will you <laughs> tell me about it later? <laughs> sure can. <laughs> 
Maybe it's time we do that for each other again, actually. Yeah, fun fact. I pulled Sam Valentine's cards at the beginning of this year, and I cannot remember the name of the card she got, but it was two cups cheering, and it was talking about change that was coming. And we were pulling her cards because she was trying to figure out how to take OBA and Fast Forward and Sam Valentine and all the other businesses that she's creating in her brain that you guys don't even know about. But if you know anything about Sam, you know that she is constantly creating. So she had all these businesses, and she wasn't sure what to do with them. And I'm like, let's pull your cards and see. So hence the card with two cups cheering. And I gave her some type of reading that I need to go back on, but it wasn't that we were going to be in business together. And now hindsight at the end of the year, the two cups cheering were me and her in business together. (laughs) And listen, those of you who are listening and are not like, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I'm not like a super woo-woo person, but when someone puts intention towards me and gives me attention as any actor does, I like it. So I am into whatever you said. And it really made me... The cool thing was, regardless of how you feel about any sort of practice, like spiritual or otherwise, I think the most important intention that you can get out of it, even if it's not your thing, is to stop and think and spend some time thinking about how you're moving through the world and what you want it to look like versus how it's looking now. Because that was something when you gave me very specific instructions and you were like, I hope you light a candle. I hope you do this and then journal about it. And I followed all of the steps to a T because I'm a rule follower and I like to do things the correct way. It made me spend time with thinking like how my life looks versus how I wanted it to look. And that to me is the key to any process, goal setting, meditation, just being able to take that like bird's eye view is just so important and we don't have time for it most of the time. Yeah, I think if it's not your jam or maybe you're thinking about trying it and you've got a little bit of resistance, I would say look into it as like a moment of reflection. The cards are going to read whatever they're going to read and they aren't literal. They aren't, people will freak out. They'll get the death card and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't feel good. And it's like, actually, it's not bad. It means there's change coming, which I know is ironic because it's called the death card. But let me not even get into the woo-woo with you about it. And let me just tell you that it means change is coming. And you take that as reflection. And I think that would help you feel a little more open about doing it. Not that Sam needs to be open because she was. She was open to being able to Very see open. it. But if somebody wanted to try it and they weren't really sure, I would just say, allow someone to read your, read your cards and be like, what does this reflect for me? And what does it make me start to think about? And then walk away. Take what mm. works for you, leave the rest. Yeah, just like any good advice. Take what works for you, leave what doesn't. Speaking about leaving what doesn't work, you and I both had callbacks this week that we felt very good about. And yeah. Also, what's ironic is this. Sam is wearing a shirt right now that says Maggie on it. And I don't actually know. I can't really seize it because Can wait, who is it? this? This is Maggie Zabo, who's the singer of the One Broke Actress podcast theme song. Oh, yeah, this my is God. Her concert that's shirt. the singer. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Yeah. She's a little Okay. Little well, I love the shirt. But listen, guys, we always pick what we're going to talk about. Well, most of the time we do. And this time we knew we were going to talk about the commercial audition that both of us thought we were going to book different auditions. But we were like set that we were going to book it. And what's funny about this conversation is that she's wearing a shirt that says Maggie on it. Now, Sam auditioned for the show Maggie and I auditioned for the show Maggie. And we also didn't get cast in that. So it's just a bunch of not getting cast over here. (laughs) (laughs) And funny enough, we worked the same sides that I had for my Maggie audition in my script analysis class. What was that? Like two years later, basically? Because was that audition in 2021? It was 2020, I think. But maybe 2021. Yeah, something around that. And anyway, so we did them. We worked on them just two weeks ago in the script analysis class I'm in with Erica Bremen, Kara Shrew Rosenbaum. And I was like, I missed so many things. So that class has been 
really eye-opening in so many ways. And we actually, they came in and did a workshop with the membership, which was really cool. And every time I think I figured this business out in some capacity, I'm shown a new alleyway of a whole bunch of stuff that I haven't delved into to the extent which I'm now ready to. I wasn't ready for this before, but it would have been too much information overload. But now that I am, I'm seeing things differently. But also, the pretty bow on this package would be like, that script analysis helped me, and this week I booked another commercial, but I didn't. So do you want to talk about, wait, you know who also didn't book a commercial this week? Caleb. He got put on a veil for something and he didn't book it either. So we're all a big bunch of losers. <laughs> so just to show you guys, everybody who looks at our profiles and our pages, and they're like, man, I can't wait till I reach Gabrielle Bin Lawson, St. Valentine's level. We are still not booking either. It is a roller coaster. When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, when you're not. It's not a, once I hit this mark, I will forever continue to succeed and book everything. No, no. it doesn't happen that way. No, I hate when someone's like, yeah, and then she just started booking everything. And I'm like, did she? Did she book everything? Because I think she booked what you saw she booked. It's never 100% in this business. It's usually like 2% is a really good percentage in act. Yeah, 2% is actually higher than the amount of actors that get it. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell me about your learned from failure this week. Okay, so here was my learned from failure this week. So I did an audition for said project. And it was great. Commercial audition, very simple. I actually know the casting directors for it. And they sent me a follow-up video like, oh my gosh, she crushed this audition. It was something that was very simple. And they were talking about how, can you actually talk to actors about how, please don't make something as simple as eating something, this dramatic dialogue that doesn't actually exist. Like we didn't ask for any words for this. We asked you to eat the thing and move forward. And she was saying how so many people, now if you're not watching this on YouTube, it's going to suck for you. But just imagine in your head, Go watch so it on YouTube. People. We could use the views. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Stop recording now and watch this on YouTube and then come back to it. But anyways, you've got a hamburger. And she was saying so many people looked at camera, smile, ate the burger, smiled again, and then turned to camera. And all the directions said was eat the burger slowly. And they made it this whole meal. But, you know, you do your research. I researched the product. I'm like, oh, this is exactly how people eat the burger. They do this every time. They're just inserting it into different things. I did it that way. They asked you to do a second take, making it your own. I made it my own where I didn't even realize the burger was going to be that good and that it was that good, right? They give me feedback. Fantastic job, Gabrielle. Like, top contender over there. So I go into the callback feeling pretty fucking confident, to be honest. I was like, I mean, casting already told. Was the callback in person or is it over Zoom? Callback was over Zoom. Yes. Callback was over Zoom, which is also the reason why I was feeling very confident because I'm like, I'm in my own space. I'm able to do my callback routine. I'm able to get my love from my people before I get started. I pop on the callback. I realize the callbacks start at 10.25. My callback is at 10.30. So I know that like, I'm going to be one of the first people they see. So I'm like, great, I will set the tone. They want me to set the tone. I do the callback. It was very simple. I got great information back and they said, excellent. The words actually were when I finished it. Great job, Gabrielle. You gave us exactly what we were looking for. Okay. AKA, I'm going to fucking book. Clear my schedule. Clear everything. I'm booked now until December, apparently. It's only a one-day commercial, but I'm cleared. I'm booked, right? <laughs> I hear nothing. I wake up on Wednesday morning ready for my bail check. Nothing. I'm waiting until the end of the day. I'm making up all of these excuses in my head. I'm like, you know what? They're probably just busy. It's a quick turnaround. I'm sure that they're going to send it to me. They, they know I've done so many commercials now. They're probably like not stressed about it. Wednesday night rolls around. I'm getting into the bed and I'm like, okay, okay. It's going to come tomorrow, Thursday morning again. 
Nothing comes through. Here we are on Friday when I'm supposed to be shooting said commercial and your girl didn't book. <laughs> what I love is that I was so committed to thinking that I booked that I was about to send you a message like, hey, so actor workout and study hall we need to replace because I'm going to be on a commercial. Thank God I didn't send you that. I mean, we could have pivoted. We would have made it work. It's fine. This is why there's two of us in what we do. So you don't get it. Yeah. How do you deal with this? Do you have to deal with it anymore after years and years in the business? Do you have another ritual that you put in place to like release it? Or do you just like so busy that you forgot and you moved on already? I love that you said, do you have another ritual? Because you know, I have rituals for everything. Yeah. What, what scent of incense do you light when you don't book something? <laughs> I'm mad that that's so true about me though. I do have an incense scent that I burn when I don't book. I fucking knew it. What is it? Is it Palo Santo? It's Palo Santo, but <laughs> after, I can't believe you knew that name. Because it's like clearing, right? Yes, you got it. Palo Santo is clearing and good energy. So sometimes I'll light it before, but most of the time it's after. So, I mean, Sam, you already have a ritual. You're just not choosing to do it yet. Yeah. I mean, my ritual is like, what am I working on next? Like, I. <laughs> yeah, which is a good point because this one I did not do a ritual for. I chose to allow myself to be upset about it because I wanted to. And because I don't allow myself to dwindle on every single audition that I don't get. But this one, as you heard in my story, I really fucking wanted and I was really excited about it. For people who don't follow me on social, we just went through like a hellacious having to rebuild a wall. So a little bit of me was attached to like the monetary value that I could have gotten from it mm -hmm. and the release that that would have given me. And to be honest, I think that that probably that energy went into the callback with me as well, even though I wasn't present to how it might have been showing up that like need for, oh, I really hope I booked this probably was there. So instead, I just let myself cry about it. And I'm still probably releasing it today. It's been two days since I've not heard anything back from it. And I think that that's okay. I think a lot of times people are like, no, you're supposed to move forward and you're supposed to let it go. You can't hold it back. And for most of them, you should. You can't do this for every single audition, but also allow yourself to feel the feelings because it's hard. This is a hard business. Yeah, especially when you start to picture things. Yeah. Speaking of, you also pictured yourself booking in an audition. What happened with your audition and your callback, Sam? Oh, yeah. I had a lot of plans. To be honest, in the last two years, out of all of the callbacks I've had in commercials, there was only one that I didn't book. So when I get a callback for a commercial, I feel very confident, which to me is cool. I'm not going in trying to like prove anything. I'm like, I got this. The commercial audition I had last Friday, I think, whenever we had a very Thursday or something like that. Today's Friday. So it was a little over a week ago. I think it was on a Thursday. We had a very busy day and I like squeezed it in. It's a lightly comedic spot with a celebrity. The celebrity is supposed to be the thing, but like you're the funny comic relief. And if you've seen a commercial I've done, I'm the comic relief. Like I'm the smelly girl in the deodorant commercial. I'm the cat litter girl. Like I'm, no one told me this before, but like I'm really funny. So especially because I have really big eyes, my facial features, whatever, I know how to use them. This was light comedy. And you know how they put in the notes, actors who are good with words and have comedy experience. Every time I see that, because it makes me laugh because I'm like, there's actors who are not good with words. <laughs> what are you doing? They're the ones, Sam, that are looking at the camera and smiling before they eat the hamburger. <laughs> For sure. Which, by the way, reminds me that I took a class at a place called ASG. It's online, so anyone can take it. It was called Bite, Sip, Smile. And it was how to eat and drink on camera for commercial auditions. 
We're just going to drop that bomb there so you guys can go ahead and Google it and get your ass in class. Okay, great. Also, if they want to sponsor us, they can too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll reach out to them and tell them they'll be in this podcast. The class was super helpful for that because it was not as easy as it sounds. Anyway, this audition had no food in it. It was comedy. It was funny. I did it in three takes. I sent two of them. I thought it was great. And then... I totally forgot about it because it was on Word. It was for a fitness company that I've used before. And I was like, this is super great for me. This is funny, whatever. Went about my week, totally forgot about it. On the weekend, I went to the Getty Villa with Caleb, which is really cool. John Paul Getty, shady guy, but he had a lot of money. So he built his own art museum. And he also built his own Italian villa in Malibu. And it's $20 to park and then it's free to go inside. So it's $20 to go inside. And you reserve a time and you walk around. Very little cell phone service, but incredibly peaceful, gorgeous, restoring setting. So we went there. The second I got there, it's a Sunday afternoon. I opened my phone. It's like, casting networks, you have a callback tomorrow in person outside of LA. So I had to find service so my agents wouldn't have to search for me and all this stuff because one of my commercial agents is getting married this week and they wouldn't have to worry about like confirming me and all of this stuff. And the audition was very much in person. It was exactly 24 hours from the time I got the call back. And I was like, they need to know immediately. So anyway, all that rigmarole. And I was like, sorry, Caleb, I have to figure this out. Let me figure out what I need to move. And then I texted you and I said, hey, we have X, Y, and Z on the calendar. What can we move? And of course, this is why you go and tell people you're an actor first because then they understand you. And it was so easy for us to move things around. We figured out our day and I figured out the callback. I confirmed it, figured out everything, went about my day. Oh, and then I looked at the dates when we got back in the car. I was like, these dates for this shoot are when I am going out of town. And I thought, oh, then I'm for sure going to book it. <laughs> because everything <laughs> I book is when I book something else. A hundred percent, which makes no sense that I don't just book a flight every single week of my life if I had all the money in the world. But I knew, I was like, this is going to be, I'm going to book this because it's going to interfere with this trip that I put together with my family and all of these things. So I go to the callback with all the joy in my heart knowing this is for me. The callback was in a massive studio. It was cool. It was at the headquarters of the company. There was a bunch of actors there. Like in my head, they were calling back maybe 10 people and I saw at least 10 people in my time slot. So, yeah. So I'm like, they called back a lot of people. But it was cool because I got to meet that casting director in person and we'd never met before. And it was my first callback with that casting director. So I went in the room. It was like old school. Like it was a massive studio behind us for like photo shoots and one camera and like the masking tape on the ground. And they had the sides. And I was like, I don't need those sides. And they, they had me do it three times. And they said, we love your comedy. Let's do something different. Let's try it this time, like, and he was trying to describe it. And I said, oh, you want it like it's a close-up and not a full body shot? And he said, yes, that. I was like, I speak that language. And so I did it again. And they're like, that was great. Thank you so much for coming in. It was so nice to finally meet you. And I was like, it was so nice to meet you too. I met some great people in the waiting room. One of them knew one broke actress. She and I exchanged phone numbers, like left. And I was like, all right, phone call anytime now. And the wardrobe fittings right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting for them to call Sam. They, you know, it's they, weird. There's still hope there. It's weird. You know, there was one time I did book a commercial and they did forget to book me. It was a non-union job and it was about 100 years ago. And so this is definitely not that scenario. It's too much money on the line now, but my brain still goes, there's still a chance. There's not a chance. It's done. It's done. So I will be honest with you. I felt so good about that audition that I proceeded to completely forget about it. <laughs> 
you did the opposite. I did. You literally were like, I mean, it was so good. I'll just figure it out when it comes because I already knew it's coming. Because I was like, what else would I have done differently? Like, I don't know, nothing. I felt so good about it. And I so I didn't overthink it because I didn't think, oh, well, I should have done, I should have done. No, I did three separate takes and they were all different. So I felt very good when I left. And then I proceeded to have a very fucking busy week. So I literally just forgot about it until we were talking about callbacks. And I was like, oh, I kind of forgot that that was supposed to be wardrobe fitting tomorrow last night. It's like, I guess I'm, okay, cool. You know what that means? I get to go on my trip to Kansas City. I get to go see the Chiefs game. I get to go hang out with my grandma and my cousin and all these things. So I got a really exciting like best of both worlds scenario where there was a win-win. I either get to go on this trip or I get to book this commercial. But the reason I think I feel that way is because I have commercials playing right now. For the first time in my whole motherfucking life, I have not one, but two commercials airing, which I've never had one. Like usually I get like a commercial that streams for like three weeks and then it's gone. So you make, it's a touch of money, which is thrilling, but I was able to do a lot of things this year and pay off a lot of bills because of these commercials. And I don't feel super stressed about this one because this year has proven to me that there's always more commercials to come. And I don't feel super stressed right now. But that is only because the outlook I have right now is that there's more to be had. So I can't promise that this is how I would feel if neither of my commercials would have ever played. I probably would have been a little more woe is me. I think it would have been a little bit more woe is me, but the important part is like it ebbs and it flows because last year I had had a commercial running for five years. So I was in that space of what you're saying of like, oh, I signed no big deal. And I got to stay in that space for five years of time. I think I spent two or three years thinking that like it was just a fluke or a phenomenon. And by year four or five, I was like, ah, it's fine. It's good to go. And that commercial ended at the beginning of this year. And I think a lot of people would look and be like, oh, great. She did that commercial. Like she's crushing it. She's killing it. She's good to go. But what happens is those other thought patterns that did exist before come back in. I think we just get better at being able to manage them. And so Sam is saying like, I'm actually able to not have what Gabrielle had of like, oh, it's probably not going to stay. It's not going to stay. I'm actually able to accept that it's going to stay because I've never been here before. So I'm so happy to be here. And I'm like on the other side of it where I was like, man, I remember what it was like and now I want it back. And I think all of these emotions are what it is to be an actor. It's not just like insert one of these emotions and that's how you're supposed to move forward every time you get a commercial audition. It's knowing that there's a gamut of emotions you're going to feel whether you book or you don't book. And how do you handle it? How do you stay in gratitude and be excited that you have it and live in that like, luxury space of like, yeah, I'll do this audition too and crush it. And how do you handle when it's like, no, I'm sad. I want to cry about this commercial. Like, how do you not linger there, but give yourself a space to feel? How do we find that happy medium where we're able to do both? Like, I don't know the answer to this because I think I'm so new into this world. Listen, I've been doing commercial auditions for 12 years and booking them, but I never had national commercials play. And now I understand Damn, the difference is <laughs> significant. But in my head, every time I get a check, I think, well, this is the last one I'm going to get, which apropos has done a great deal for me because I've been able to save money that way. But I want to be able to live in a realistic mindset, but also not a lack mentality. And that is something I think we both are trying to navigate right now is like, how do you be present and like take it all in? And I want to celebrate that I got this, but also it could be the last one. So let me put it in my high yield savings account because I'm going to move at some point and I want a new couch. Yeah, we don't have the answer for everybody listening right now as to what the happy medium it is because Sam and I started a business because of black mentality and being like, oh shit, we're on a strike. What's going to happen next? You know what's going to happen next? We're going to go into business together. And that will be our solution to that moment of black mentality. So 
So I don't have an answer for how to find that happy medium. If anybody does, add it in the comments below. Let us know. We'd yeah. like to try it on. Please DM us. Well, DM Gabrielle. She answers them all. I don't. I forget. Sorry. <laughs> Sam gets a lot more DMs than me. She's not putting that slug line in there. A lot more DMs than I do. But yes, DM me. I'll open it. I can't tell you I'll respond, though, because I don't respond to most of them unless they're good enough. Yeah, I think this is so good for us to talk about, though, because we so often share stories of things that are in the past, whereas this is super fresh for both yeah. of us. And, you know, I think sometimes that commercials get a little swept under the rug because we talk a lot about, as actors, film and TV and all these big flashy things. But commercials are such a huge part of how we make our money and how we stay in this business. And to be quite honest, they're not easy. You know, the idea of just doing commercials to make your it's like, it's a very big road and struggle. And it's got the fastest turnarounds in the business. And they ask a lot of you and the casting directors know they're asking a lot of you because the client asks a lot and the casting directors are complicated and they're because the client was complicated. And it's a lot of back and forth. And the struggles of commercial acting is not like as prominent as maybe because it doesn't feel as artsy and it's not shown as like the artist who's betraying the character. And like, I don't know, man, booking smelly girl in the commercial was like a lot of work. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying, it's not even just the audition that's hard. It's the hardest is being on set. When you're on set and you're in a TV show, you grab a cup and you drink. And the important thing that you have to remember is like, I grab the cup with my right hand every single time. In a commercial, it's I grab the cup and I drink, but this part of the cup needs to be facing out. My thumb needs to be tucked in. I can't be clenching the glass too much. When I bring it up, it needs to be at a 45 degree angle because they still need to be able to see the side of my face. Those stipulations are extremely hard to replicate over and over and over again in commercials. But I think they get swept underneath the rug because not a lot of people make it to the national commercial level that both you and I have been at and talk about it because they might get ashamed about it or they don't want to share the money that they're making for it. So people don't know that like there are money in commercials that can actually provide you with your life to either do what Sam is saying, like save or what I said, float me for five years of my career while I invested in other things and created other things to get me to this point. I mean, without that commercial of me dancing on a beach... I wouldn't be able to be here today telling all these people information for free on the internet because I wouldn't have had any money to be able to do it. But nobody's ever discussing that. And then nobody knows. And so it's like, ah, commercials, no big deal. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm going to be real. I didn't plan to say this. I'll tell you how much money I've made from Secret Deodorant playing. Sam, how much money have you made from Secret Deodorant playing? That commercial started in October. I filmed it in October of last year, so a year ago. Literally a year ago to today, and I had to get on a plane the next morning because I had to cancel a trip because, of course, I booked it because I had a trip to go to. <laughs> I booked that commercial. I got paid for my day rate, and then I got paid a purchase of using the photography from it for ads. So that was about $6,000. I then didn't see another dollar from it for about three or four months. So I assumed, just like all of my other commercials, that it wasn't going to play. Since then, including that six grand. And you guys do not come for me on this. I swear to God, if I get pushback on this, I'll never do this again. I have made about $50,000 cumulative, closer to 48, I think, from that commercial. Take away, you know, 20% for taxes. Take away 10% for my agent and 10% for my manager. That has been enough money to pay off our vehicle. Caleb and I share a car. It was enough money to pay for one of our dogs to have major surgery this year. 
it was enough money to throw myself a birthday party and actually get catering, which I've never done before. I've always done a potluck <laughs> because I don't want to buy all the food. It was enough money to put in a savings account so that Caleb and I can actually consider having a bit of a nest egg and that we can move at the end of this year to a house that has a yard. We're not buying a house. We're still going to rent. It's LA. I don't have $2 million liquid cash. It was 50000 But it is significant enough money that it was able to change my life. And knowing that, knowing I also love my reps, that means that 10% of that I got to give to my new manager. And 10% of that I got to give to my agent who I love. So it's like not give, but like they earned it. So it's just like really magical to know that that contributed to everything. It contributed to SAG. It's part of the reason I have health insurance. Like that's an important number. And I want to share it because I want you to know how powerful this stuff can be. So don't sleep on commercials is the end of this podcast. Don't sleep on them. Understand why we're upset about missing them. Find ways to be able to process them. You know the nice little ground. Let us know. But at the end of the day, this is just me and Sam being real as fuck about what commercials can generate and also what it feels like not to book. Yeah. So now we're going to go have a weekend and shake it off and enjoy the rest of our time. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to know more, you can find Gabrielle at Gabrielle Bindloss on Instagram. You can find the membership at themembership.co. And we'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 